0: Welcome to Ion Dixie, where we here at Radio Dixie highlight outreach programs for students, faculty, and all members of Dixie State University community. I am your host, DJ Lizzie Lizard. Today, I will be interviewing Sasadia from the Multicultural Inclusion Center here on campus. Sasadia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. So, what is your official title and name with the MIC?
1: So, within the Multicultural Inclusion Center, I'm the Latinx, which is just a gender-neutral way of saying Latino, Latina, Mm -hmm. and Hispanic student coordinator.
0: Awesome. So, how long have you been here at DSU?
1: So, I started in March last year of
0: 2019. Wow, okay, and you've done so much, (laughs) and you're so resourceful. What exactly do you help students with?
1: Oh, it's so hard to quantify that in a couple words. Um, I'm never meant to substitute any other supportive service on campus. But what I do is essentially add to them. So, for example, what I do is I can um, help students with like academic advising and planning, but not only help it through my experience, you know, being a full time college student for nine years. But on top of that, I add in a cultural perspective as well to try to help them. So, for example, Um, With a lot of Latino students that I work with, uh, a lot of times it's really important to be able to um, stay in a town that's close to their family. Mm -hmm. So one of the considerations for that is if you are going to get a major and a career with that, you need to have something that's feasible to be employed with if they do come from a more rural or small town. So it's adding that perspective and support, but also doing more like internal work and exploration and helping people to actualize who they are, find community on campus, create a sense of belonging. Um, so it, the easiest way to know what I do is to just come and talk with me, work with me.
0: <laughs> and that is so important to make sure that there is enough community outreach and to make sure that you feel like you belong, especially here at Dixie State University in a town like this, it can be sometimes a lot of culture shock for students, right?
1: definitely definitely Um, and I experienced that too because my hometown is Las Cruces New Mexico which is a predominantly um, Latinx community Mm -hmm. so um, it was definitely a very different culture when I came here and I think a lot of students that come from predominantly Latino communities experience that just because the difference in culture
0: Awesome. so with that being said are there any upcoming events that you would like to talk about
1: Yes, um, I'm going to be having a big event, the Día de los Muertos Festival for the University. Um, And it's this coming Wednesday, October 28th. It starts at 5 p.m. and goes till about 9 p.m. at night. I'm really excited for it.
0: And for those listening, Día de los Muertos is also known as Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is Day of the Dead? For those who are listening who have never really experienced it before.
1: So, Day of the Dead um, is, in at least my experience, an exceedingly um, culturally important aspect. Um, And it is, I guess it can be seen as a religious holiday as well. So, essentially, um, in a nutshell, it's meant to honor and celebrate people we love who have passed. Um, I know a lot of times for people who aren't familiar with the culture, it, um, it can seem as a little bit of morbid because of some aspects of it and the use of like skeletons and stuff like that but how i was raised is meant to reframe um that idea that death is necessarily scary and really honor the memory of individuals that we love who have passed to keep their memory alive
0: okay so more of it just being like a way to honor and to reconnect with family members correct
1: Mm -hmm. especially those that are also alive so traditionally for me growing up it was a time to spend with family and get together everything to build the altar Um, and it's a very very beautiful time of the year for me um, to remember for example like my grandfather who I love dearly has passed.
0: I'm so sorry but it is nice to be able to remember and to connect with family even if they are not here anymore Mm -hmm. so what will we be expecting with this event here on campus?
1: Well, <laughs> I really wanted to design something that was very traditional to the festivals that I participated in growing up. Um, so with, given COVID restrictions, um, we designed what we were able to do this year. So um, what we're going to be doing, it's gonna be a four hour event. We're gonna start off um, by having Painting of the de los Muertos altar candles, which you traditionally have, so they're the thin tall candles, and we're going to be painting traditional images on there, almost kind of like a Bob Ross night with Dr. Martinez from the art department.
0: Oh, fun. Okay, what else?
1: Yes. Um, And then we did get people to sign up to um, have altars. So you'll be able to kind of see how different people represent that uh, memory for their families. We're also going to have a live DJ. DJ Salvi is going to be there, which is exciting. That
0: is exciting.
1: Mm -hmm, Yep. He's a DSU grad. And then um, around 6.30, we're going to roll out some traditional food, such as pan de muerto. And it's going to be really exciting. And then kind of close up the painting. And at 7, we are showing... Coco, and that is thanks to the LDSSA who sponsored that. So, thank you so much.
0: Oh, how cool! So, this really is just becoming more of a campus community event.
1: Yes, it was really a pull in effort from so many different offices. Um, these things would definitely not be accomplishable by myself without the support of so many different people on campus. So, um, like I said, LDSSA did help, the Latinx Society did help, uh, MISA is also on board and helping um, the Booth Honors Program, DSUSA, and Event Services and Risk Management. They have all been so amazing in helping. And then of course our department is also helping with Dr. Martinez to to do the paint night. So this is definitely a community effort.
0: That's really cool because it's really nice when the whole community can come together and really celebrate cultural new cultural experiences together. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited about Coco. That's one of my favorite movies. (laughs) I do cry at the end quite a bit, um, mostly every time that I've watched it. So, yeah. But also, Radio Dixie will be there as well, doing a remote. So come find our table to win some cool prizes and to support this really cool event that's happening here on campus Are there any other upcoming events or scholarship opportunities that students should be aware of?
1: So scholarship opportunities are actually going to start to be coming in massive waves. For those who don't know, the majority of competitive scholarships open up in November, and they actually close for the following year um, around January 15th by the latest, March 15th. So um, best way to get in contact with that is to come talk to me, get on my email list, and I'm happy to send you all the emails that I get out that you'll qualify for and even support you throughout the application process. Now, as far as events, um, we do have some more coming up as far as like the MIC throughout the semester. But the biggest shout I want to give is going to be an event that Mikey's hosting, I believe, with the – asian culture club and it's going to be a heat event so you get to um kind of challenge other people and see who can eat the hottest chile so i'm really excited for it that's
0: always interesting because i love watching people push it to the extremes whether it be on hot ones (laughs) or man versus food like i just like to see how far people can take it because i'm a wimp i can't take it (laughs) i um think sriracha is really spicy (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that's going to be one of the components. Um, it's tough for me because I have celiac disease so I'm not sure if I'll be able to compete in it mm-hmm. but um, I love it. I know it, it. it is kind of a stereotype that Latinos love Chile. For me it's definitely um, part of my identity because Hatch, New Mexico is the Chile capital of the world I was and say. that's right next to where I grew up so like for me it's like ride or die Chile <laughs> so right. it's a rite of passage for me so I'm really excited that we're having it.
0: And whereas for me as a Latina I don't really always eat the spiciest of foods so people like you don't i'm like nope nope and then um recently my mom with her new medication she's like can't handle spice so ketchup is spicy to her (laughs) so she's like i don't know how this happened i'm like i don't know how it happened either but it's definitely interesting to (laughs) to look at and so with that being said um are there any other um outreach programs that you wanted to talk about like latinx emerging latinos
1: Yes, so I have several different programs through my offices, um, and I like to call them Student Empowerment Services, because that's really what they're intended for. Right. So um, my emerging, oh, sorry, no, it is. um,
0: Was it the, is it Emerging Latinx?
1: So I do have the Emerging Latinx Scholar Program, but that's been transitioned this semester to support students who are wanting to pursue grad school, um, as well as a professional degree, such as law or medical school, and kind of just support them and mentor them through the process of that. Because I remember when I was going through that, I was really lucky because my sister had just gone to grad school. But so many people I knew didn't have somebody to model that for them. Right. So helping to understand timelines. So, for example, you know, if it's not that you can't apply for um, grad school, you know, the, the over the summer before some programs will let you in. But if you want any chance of getting funding and having it paid for, that process really starts about two years before you graduate. So it's helping people to understand the timelines and how to maximize that time. Because grad school can be so expensive and such a financial burden.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we're lucky here at Dixie State where we're on the lower end of that scale. But there are schools where it can go upwards of starting at $40,000 more and more and more. So best to to always know your resources and best to plan ahead.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my other programs um, are going to be the Trailblazer Fuente program which is also Latinos for Exito. It's just, um, it's incoming freshmen and transfer students versus students who are here sophomore through grad school. And essentially what that is, is an empowerment program where I took everything that I desperately wish I knew over <laughs> nine years of being in college full time, um, that really would have benefited me my first couple of years and turned those into programs where I can mentor students and also provide opportunities to build community. Um, So we go over everything. The last meeting that we had, I gave a two-hour rundown on how to find and apply for scholarships and support students through that process. Um, Two other programs that I also have is Latinx Leaders of Tomorrow, um, where I support students in helping to develop their leadership style in a method that's very important to them. So rather than telling them this is how you be an excellent leader, I ask them to imagine All the qualities that they love in leadership and how they um, can assess their current behavior and ways that they can start creating an action plan to get to that person because i think we're always growing and changing and i don't believe in a one-size-fits-all education model so i really like having that a lot of students in it as well um are of a really big desire to contribute to social justice, but they don't have anybody to mentor them through the process. So every student in the program gets to choose a service project. It can be small, it can be large scale. And then I help to support them to figure out how to do that. So one of my students is currently figuring out um, how to do a uh, clothing and supply donation for... Shoot, I can't remember. It's a nonprofit in town for people who are experiencing housing insecurity.
0: Okay, well that still sounds like a really good leg up that a lot of students especially Hispanic or students of color in general may not have access to or know about Mm
1: -hmm. definitely so I I'm also I'm absolutely in love with that program too
0: so that's really exciting so if a student wanted to reach out to you to try and be involved in one of these programs what is the best way to reach you
1: so you can always email me, which is just, uh, my name So Cesaria, C-E-S-A-R-I-A, period, S-E-L-W-Y-N, at Dixie.edu. Um, if it's too complicated to get this, maybe if you're listening, driving, you're more than welcome to just stop by my office. All of the MIC offices, at so the Multicultural Inclusion Center, are in the top floor of Browning. So um, my office is Browning 208. I have this beautiful QR code <laughs> right on my office door. It pulls up my schedule of any available appointments I have. So if you don't want to email me, the fastest way is to just stop by my office, pull out your phone, open your camera app, let it hover over that. It'll instantly pull up my booking appointments, and you're welcome to schedule whatever times you need. And I'm happy to just sit down and talk with you or to support you on anything you could need.
0: Also, side note, Society has the best snacks on campus (laughs) in their office. So if you really do want to have just a one-on-one and feel comfortable and talk, definitely go to society's office. They are willing to help you with the best way.
1: Definitely. And if one of those ways is you're needing um, some extra blood sugar, whether it's snacks or a drink, I've got you.
0: (laughs) And I've been there where I've needed just a little extra pep, so I go in there, grab a nectar, and I feel 10 times better than when I was there, so... Definitely, Sasadia is a treasure here at Dixie State University. Be sure to check out their resources whenever you can. Thank you so much, Sasadia, for coming in. I really appreciate this.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. and if if it's okay, if I can just add one more thing. Oh, absolutely. So um, something that I get a lot of with students working with me is they'll say like, oh, I'm half Latino, or, you know, I'm a quarter or this or that, or they may not feel that they have a, a cultural attachment to this identity. And I just want people to know that, you know, nobody is going to challenge you in my office on your identity. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. And even if you're just wanting to get in touch with those cultural roots, I'm happy to sit down and talk with you and just share with you like my lived experience. I can't speak for anyone else but me, but just know there's... There's no certain amount that you have to identify as to work with me. I'm happy to work with you regardless, and you don't have to have any Latinx roots either. <laughs> I'm happy to work with anybody,
0: which is completely amazing because when you're going through identity, when you're going through your identity, it really does matter about how you are perceived, and so knowing that someone's going to support you is amazing. So thank you again, and this is going to wrap up another episode of Ion Dixie. Thank you so much for listening, and a big thank you again to Sasadia for coming in and being interviewed. Be sure to listen to Radio Dixie for more Ion Dixie episodes. I am DJ Lizzie Lizard. Have a great day. Thank you so much.